As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. together and there's definitely a good reason for that and we'll get to that (laughs) reason in just a minute but first I'd like to welcome back all returning listeners to Second Chance Coaching and of course I welcome all of our new listeners to the Second Chance journey here and overseas. We do have some new overseas listeners and now we have new listeners from the country of Kenya. I'd like to welcome our brothers and sisters from Kenya to the Second Chance family. Welcome, welcome and we hope that you continue to stay with us. As I indicated just a little bit earlier, it's been two weeks since our last podcast episode, and the reason for that is that I was going through the processes, as I told you, I was going through some housing transitions before, and um, I finally finalized and closed on the purchase of a brand new condominium apartment here in uh, South Florida. So I'm finally so glad that that's, that that's over and done with, <laughs> not only because the process is a long process, but definitely so glad that the purchase went through and I got the place that I wanted. Um, just a few months ago, uh, I did know that, as I said, when I was talking about transitioning with, with homes, I knew that the transition out of our mother's home, you know, with the finalizing her estate and everything, was going to be happening sooner than later. And when that, when I was looking at that option, when I was looking at that situation happening, my first option was just to look and find an apartment to rent. And when I had a conversation with my realtor, Mr. Derek Lee, his approach was to look to purchase as the rental market is it was getting far too expensive. I know many of you are probably seeing the prices of different things because of supply chain and, and, and towards the end of the pandemic is getting more expensive. And the rental market is not different from that. It was just getting far too expensive. And his philosophy was that if you could sit there, if you're going to pay and you have the option to own, then it's just better to pay for something that you own rather than something that you rent. And I want to definitely take the time to thank Derek, because not only is he an absolute thorough professional, but he's certainly one of those rare finds and rare jewels that one finds along the professional journey that be, that certainly becomes part of your personal journey. And he's become a true friend and brother. And I thank him more than words can express as, as far as me finding this new home. I'd also like to thank my mortgage broker, Miss Lisa Rochester, who's also an all-star in her own right, who definitely made the miracle happen, legally made the miracle happen, 
um, certain through my student loan debt and despite a solid credit rating on my behalf, she was able to get me a great mortgage at a great rate. Now, even though I would tell Lisa when, when, when the phone would ring and I would see it was her, I'd cringe a little bit because, you know, Lisa was a little bit of a live wire. You know, sometimes during the day when I'm trying to get things for her, she would take up the whole workday for me. And she was a little bit of a live wire. She was a little, you know, a little animated, a little, a little, a lot. But um, she was also a very dynamic professional and a, and, a, and a caring professional. And I'm certainly grateful for her. She's somebody I would do business with again and would recommend someone to do business with her. Um, the last little bit of thanks I also want to sit there and talk about in this situation with the housing was um, I'll definitely send a, a great big shout out to Miss Julia Dorvatakis, my insurance agent and a dear friend who's always had my back. Um, she's a great insurance agent, somebody I would recommend business to as well. And she was certainly a great, a great, uh, great friend and certainly leaving through the process of getting insurance for the for the home was definitely so, so good in doing that as well. And last but not least, I'll also thank my lawyer, Norman Powell, who since the day our mother transitioned, has handled her estate and our custodianship of it with um, the utmost professionalism, passion, and care. So I, I can't express in words and, and say thank you again. But I'll say that when I found my condo apartment, it was when I was looking for the for a place to live and I found this condo apartment, it was really similar to when in 2004, when my mother and I searched for what would be her final home here in Hollywood. When we found it, we just knew um, we were home. We, you know, when you walk into a place, those of you who have looked for a house or looked for a place to live and you look for different places, when you walk into somewhere without even saying it, you just know that you've walked into your home. You've walked into a place that you're going to call home. And even though during this search process in 2021, I was physically walking alone through the process, I could tell you that when I walked into the condominium in which I purchased, I definitely felt my mother's spirit touch me. And in that moment, I knew I was home. I knew this was the place I was going to purchase. I knew this was the place I was going to buy. And I could tell you the night before the closing, I thought about so much. I thought about, you know, family. I thought about my journey, the reentry journey, life. And then now being an official homeowner for the first time in my life, there were a lot of emotions that brought me just to tears, which expressed a lot of joy and longing to share that moment with loved ones, loved ones that are no longer here. And of course, loved ones that, that are here. I, I certainly had the pleasure to, sh to share that moment with my daughter, Julian, my sister, Caitlin, my niece, Ayana, and certainly a small group of dear family and friends who knew I was going through the process and they were so supportive through that process, you know, letting me talk it out with them and work it out with them and, and keep me sane <laughs> through that process. And they certainly know who they are. And I thank them so, so very much. It's, it's funny that with us being in the holiday season, and an event such as this, you know, can certainly trigger so many different emotions. Um, and and certainly the, the trigger of those emotions could happen at any time of the year. But now in particular with us being in the holiday season, those emotions and triggers could even be more magnified. I can tell you when I was in high school, I was a member of our local parish's teen club. And we would always talk about different things that would affect you as a, as a teenager in different seasons. And certainly there was a lot of 
there was a religious aspect to it because it was part of our local parish. And I remember one holiday season, one of the adult leaders shared that the holidays can be particularly painful for individuals, especially if they felt particular pain and loss. Now, as a teenager, I logically knew what he was saying, but I certainly didn't make that emotional connection. Because even though in our family, my dad passed away right before I started high school, experiencing those holidays without our dad, our mom made sure that the house was always filled with love and always was a, a reminder of joy. And it wasn't to really forget about him because we certainly didn't forget about him. But mom wanted to ensure that we still equated the holidays with joy and not so much the pain and loss of him not being there with us any longer. She wanted to equate that with joy. But I began to understand more profoundly the negative triggers of the holidays in that very first holiday season after my son and Nandi transitioned. As many of you know, and if you don't know, I'll tell you right now, my, birth, my birthday is on December 23rd. So I always enjoy the holiday season because my own celebration of life is a part of that season. Unfortunately, on my birthday in 2016, I was not feeling much joy, if any. I remember that morning when I woke up, that was the first holiday season, like I said, after Nanamdi had passed away. I, at the, the morning of my birthday that year, I awakened to such a tightening of my chest and just really a feeling of anxiety. And it was long before sunrise, so maybe it was like 4.30 in the morning or something like that. And I just felt the need to wake up, get dressed, and I drove to the beach. I, I looked at the beach as a place of sanctuary, reflection, and, and, I, and that's just where I felt like I needed to go. And then upon my arrival to the beach, I went to the edge of the sand where the sand ends and the ocean begins, you know, where the sand gets a little wet and the water comes through when the water comes up. And I just com got compelled. I just got on my knees and I remember I cried out to God and I cried so much that I was basically in an inconsolable state in tears. I was very comfortable to cry and mourn so openly as I was physically by myself, I wasn't worried about anybody hearing me or seeing me. And this was the opportunity for God to really hear me. And at that moment in my prayers out loud, I told God, I know that he, he is a God of miracles. I know he raised Lazarus from the dead after his son Jesus wept for Lazarus when he discovered Lazarus had died. And in that moment, I just I begged God, I begged him. I begged God to bring the Nambi back to us. I, I pleaded and said, you know, Nambi was only 20 years old. He was just at the beginning of his life. And, and he and God knows that our family was heartbroken. I would even say to God, you know what? If you're willing to bring the Nambi back, you could sit there and take me. You know, you could take me and bring the Nambi back so he could live his life. He could have his life to live. And that, and that, that the, the brokenness of the family wouldn't be as broken because they would have Nanambi there. Not because I didn't value myself or value my life, but I just wanted Nanambi to be there to bring, to bring back joy with him being there. Now, this was saying, you know, like I said, this was saying I love my son so much that I was willing to leave this world to allow Nanambi to live his life, to live a life, to have a life beyond 20 years old. And I remember I cried. I begged and I pleaded to God to just please bring him back to us. Just please bring him back to us. 
And if it means to take me at that moment, just bring him back to us. And no matter how much, I remember no matter how much I begged and pleaded, all I heard at that moment was the waves of the Atlantic Ocean coming towards me. And at that moment, the sun began to rise in the east. And there was no, I would say, no omnipresent voice, no thunder, no opening of the sky, no, no, no big voice like Paul on his way from Damascus, you know, none of that stuff. But just a small voice in my head that kept saying, no, you still have more, more to do. No, you still have more to do. I tried to act like I didn't hear it, but that small voice persisted in repeating itself. No, you still have more to do. I felt that trigger which magnified my feelings on that December morning. And there were also strong triggering feelings in that holiday season after my mother died. But when my mom died and in that first holiday season, I felt stronger in prayer because I remember I made sure I spent Thanksgiving and I spent Christmas with my sister and niece that year. And that elevated my core strength. And I like to think it elevated their core strength as well. But with the holiday season being upon us and whether it's a trigger along the reentry journey or just the life journey, it is important that we recognize and handle those triggers and handle them appropriately. If part of that recognition is getting professional mental health counseling, do so for sure. It is not shameful at all. As a matter of fact, it really is a demonstration of your strength. So if you're looking that you feel like you know you want to get mental health counseling during this and any part of your journey, especially during the holiday season, do not shy away from doing so. Now, since we're discussing triggers, let's define what it is first. So according to Dr. David Richo, a trigger is any word or person or event or experience that touches off an immediate emotional reaction. Now, if our triggers only lead us to a survival reaction, and it's going to lead us to a survival reaction, but if it only leads us to that, it really doesn't help. Because according to Risho, triggers can help us heal if we bring ourselves to a place of self-reflection. And, I, and that's what I did on that day at the beach. Because when I kept hearing that voice that I have more to do, I kept thinking, well, I have more to do. And people losing me, my loved ones losing me, would be just as bad as losing Anami. Even if he was to come back, they'd be happy if he came back, but they would be losing me as well. So I had to reflect on what that meant for me at that moment in time, what that meant for my family, and how we would positively deal with the void that of Nanami being there now. And the thing is, having that self-reflection as a result from your trigger or your triggers is going to be the manifestation of something positive happening from those triggers. And Risho shared with us that there are nine categories of triggers. And there's um, those triggers, those categories could be as follows. Those triggers could come from us feeling self-conscious. Um, those triggers could come from us feeling discounted. Um, the figure, the triggers could come from us feeling like we're being controlled. It could um, come like come from us feeling like we've been taken advantage of. Um, triggers could come from us feeling vulnerable. Uh, those triggers could also come from relationship experiences. They could come from concerns of boundaries that we have with other people. Um, they could come from feeling uncomfortable about uh, uncomfortable about what is going on in the current in a current moment or a current season, and then it it also could be based upon fear of what might happen. 
Now, in the same in the same sense of us having those categories of triggers, Dr. Risha also shares with us a trigger toolbox as to how we could appropriately respond to our own triggers. And these and this trigger toolbox, I'm quite sure some of you have used it. I definitely used it during this time and during these seasons when triggers come upon me. And some of these some of the some of this toolbox is something that we could definitely use along our reentry journey, along our life journey, and certainly right now as the holiday season is going on. And if you're struggling through the holiday season, first of all, the first way we could um, deal with the trigger is just to name the trigger, know and know what's going to trigger us, know it and be familiar with it, and especially if it's a trigger that's that's a repeated trigger. And two. Seek the source of the trigger, identify the source of a trigger and the reaction that we're going to have to the trigger. So in order to help free ourselves from it, you know, I have a friend of mine that always talks to me about, you know what, from Thanksgiving to January 2nd, he goes, I just want to get to January 2nd. But be aware of that, you know, like, you know, understand what that means to you and and how you can handle that. Be aware of projection. Um, be aware that if we're projecting outcomes or we're saying, oh, this is going to happen based on what has happened in the past, if we're automatically going to say, yeah, this is what's going to happen, and that may not always be the, be the case. Notice hyperarousal signs. You know, notice things that are really going to trigger us as far as things that may lead to the trigger and focus on calming ourselves down at that very moment. Don't fight your inner voice. Don't fight your inner voice. You know, when I heard that voice telling me, you have more things to do. I was fighting that. I didn't want to hear that, but it just, but that voice kept coming to me. And at that point, you want to tell yourself, you want to trust yourself that, you, that you're going to be able to handle whatever happens. Because just like I was able to get through it and you've got through those points in your life, you will get through it. Practice, in, practice knowing and showing your emotions. So when you know something's going on, practice knowing what that emotion means to you. And how you show it, whether you constructively show it by letting your emotions out, by letting the cries out, or however it is that you possibly handle it, that you're able to constructively know and show your emotions. And then give yourself that grace and mercy. You know, take a breather. Take a break when you're trying to sit there and see what's what. Because it's okay to take a break, take a breather. You don't have to react right away to what's going on. Try an echo response. An echo response could be saying, okay, well, I see this is what's going on right now. This is making me feel bad. This is making me feel a certain way. And how do I get to this certain place to try to get to the next place? Sometimes some triggers could be family. And sometimes you have to be ready for family during the holiday season and, and have those boundaries while trying to sit there and be loving and still accept them for who they are. This may also be strange. Try to find the humor in the triggers. Like, find what's funny. Or find what's funny, what's going on. When I thought about Nanamdi and my mom, instead of just also crying about their being gone, I kept thinking about the funny memories I had with both of them and that I shared with both of them. That helped me through that process. Know that you're not alone. Just like you're going through triggers, everyone else is going through triggers as well. I'm going through that with you. Other people that you may know are going through it. You're not alone when you're doing that. Another suggestion I, I, I indicated earlier was to seek therapy. There's no shame in seeking therapy. It's okay to seek therapy and constructively say, 
this is what I need to do to get better, and that's okay. And then you practice acceptance. I remember my mom always had the serenity prayer next to her about granting, granting me for God to grant her the serenity to accept the things that she cannot change. Courage to change the things she can and, to, and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's okay to practice that acceptance. Triggers could come from numerous places, like I said, such as personal and professional conflicts. You know, we've all gone through those reentry challenges, whether they're at the beginning or at the middle or the ongoing part, short or long term parts of your reentry. And then, of course, as we're talking about the holiday season, just to name a few. But these origins and the but these origins of the of these triggers and then the tools of how we deal with it are designed to really make us aware and have and have the means to overcome those triggers to really manage them and manage those negative emotions that they come with so i know the holiday season's tough i know it's upon us right now i there is joy in the holiday season and when those parts of the of of the holiday season or those triggers or those emotions that are not as welcoming to you at that moment definitely try to proactively see the joy understand the, the the things that are coming upon you and really try to constructively break that down so it doesn't while you recognize it and see what it is but it is not consuming that you know and and those triggers are not only consuming to make sure they're not only consuming during this holiday season but they're not consuming every day that we see the joy not only in the holiday season but we see the joy every day in our lives as we grow stronger in our reentry journey and our lives and our lives overall as well once again, I thank you so much for joining me this week. Continue to reach out. Um, continue to have a prosperous holiday season. And continue to sit there and continue to enjoy this life every day, one day at a time. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.